The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us today. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We always try to get exciting people that are going to bring you new information cutting-edge tools that you can use to develop uh, more top 10% leaders in your organization. And today we're going to have the Honorable Allison Young. And let me give you a little bit of uh, bio about Allison. Uh, the title for today is Setting the Stage for the Public Sector Leadership. And the uh, Honorable Allison T. Young serves as the Managing Director uh, for Leadership and Civic Engagement at Drexel University LeBeau College of Business and as the executive director of the Institute for Strategic Leadership. So she's going to have a lot to share with us about leadership. She's responsible for the institute, including strategy, operations, uh, and programming to position Drexel as a global leader in the study and the practice of collaboration and leadership. So recognized nationally for her expertise on community engagement, She also oversees uh, the Leading for Change Public Sector Fellowship Program and Drexel's LeBeau uh, Civic Engagement Initiative. Allison represents Drexel's leadership programs to domestic and international partners and writes for various news and media blogs. Prior to Drexel, Allison was a White House official serving as a special assistant to President George W. Bush and acting director of the White House Office of the USA Freedom Corps with a $2 billion uh, federal budget for domestic and international service programs and the chief advisor on volunteering on volunteering and service, corporate social responsibility, building a corporate culture of civic engagement and enhancing the capacity for the nation's nonprofit sector. So in today's show, Allison will discuss the challenges for setting the stage for public sector leaders, including not-for-profit and women who lead. And before we bring on Allison, as you can see from her bio here, she's going to have a very interesting um, knowledge set and input that will help. But let me tell you a little bit about our show, Leadership Development News. Kathy and I were just talking. We're moving into our ninth year of doing this uh, with millions of listeners in 27 countries, 126 cities, and we get as many as 96,000 downloads per month of our shows that go back nine years or so. Uh, and let me say a word about Kathy, and then we'll bring Kathy on. So all of you know over our years that uh, about Dr. Kathy Greenberg. She coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven work-life strategies based on positive psychology. And now what we're calling the science of courage. 
Kathy's been named the First Lady of Happiness by ABC TV. Dr. Greenberg has authored uh, multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Working Mothers Know, and she touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She's the founder of four consultancies and three leadership institutes. Kathy actively supports behavioral research while offering friendly tips and tools to be at your best at home or at work. She has a iPhone app called uh, Your Happiness Now. That's called Your Happiness Now, where you can see her glowing face and you see some of her tips and tools. And then her latest number one best-selling book, uh, based on her work with special forces, athletes, and global executives, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, is available on Amazon. Uh, It's supported by a fully integrated software platform to help you and your team become fearless leaders. You can visit Kathy and her team of working warriors at www.fearlessleadersquiz.com. That's fearlessleadersquiz.com. What? Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Riley. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to shorten that bio. I can't believe it went on for so long, but I'm certainly honored because you know you are my favorite executive coach. And uh, not only have we been colleagues going into our ninth year together, we are just, you know, so compatible in terms of our philosophies. You, an expert on emotional intelligence and my work now on the, you know, the social component of courage and the positive psychology movement. Um, It just blends so nicely on our show. But, you know, for those of you who do not know one of my dearest colleagues and friends, Dr. Relly Nadler, let me express my greatest, (laughs) greatest bio on Dr. Nadler. He's He's a master level certified executive coach. He's a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer. And, of course, Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, his consulting, his coaching and development programs, which he does globally and which he does with great sincerity and just incredible effectiveness. You know, he has coached CEOs and their teams and helped develop succession plans for the next level of senior leaders based on many of the practices he uses in emotional intelligence, including his newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence. And as you may know, um, this book provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries. His Leadership Keys Field Guide is a subset of some of those tools, and it's available on Amazon. You can buy it as a book or an e-book, and he also has a free iApp called leadership keys, and you can go to the, um, you just go to iTunes, you can load it from the uh, App Store, and you have it instantly. And he has a very popular blog on psychology today with over 100,000 reads, and I'm always fascinated by his posts. You can measure your EQ, your emotional quotient, and get lots of free resources from his website, EI Central. And if you text EI Central, E I C N T R A L, to 38470, that's 38470, or you can visit him at truenorthleadership.com and receive many, many resources, tools, access to his website, blogs, and his webinars. And I would encourage you to do that. 
So, Raleigh, we're going to have a great show today. But, you know, before we get started and we bring my friend Allison um, onto the program today, maybe we can tell our audience a little bit a little bit about why we do the show and why leadership is so important, especially in today's very virtual and complex world. Sure. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, I'm excited about this, too, and we want to uh, pick Allison's brain, but I'll just share a couple things. The, the reason that uh, we are talking about leadership, and I'm sure we're going to hear more from Allison, we know emotions are contagious. And so who's the most contagious person on a team, uh, in the organization, in a department? It's the leader. And often they're not aware of you know, how much power and influence they do have. And if we're trying to get more top leaders, a lot of the research is pointing in the direction that it is this concept of emotional intelligence that highlights a lot of different leadership competencies. That's more important than how smart the person is or their technical expertise. The more they go up, they're trying to lead through others versus doing things on their own. And then both you and I are, are coaches, and one of the ways to really enhance your um, productivity is to add coaching to training. If you have training, which most organizations have training, uh, research tells us about a 22% bump. But if you add coaching to it and you can personalize that for the individual, it's about an 88% increase in productivity. So those are just a few things, uh, Kathy, but I'm excited to hear as you <clears throat> maybe introduce Allison more. How did, you, how did you and her connect and maybe reconnect? Well, Allison is a very special woman, uh, a very special leader, and uh, I'm just honored to know Allison through our community at Drexel and in uh, what you know you and I know as the military and um, the community scene. We um, came into contact uh, last year when uh, Allison was uh, rising uh, to the top of. of the organization at the LeBeau uh, College of Business Institute for Strategic Leadership. And um, it was very funny because I had founded that organization back in 2003. Uh, Allison was now coming into the fold, and she was looking for someone who could help her at the Institute as a director. And she had put out an APB to some of our colleagues in the community, one of them, a uh, former uh, mayoral candidate, uh, Sam Katz, and he contacted me and said, hey, I think I have a perfect job for you. And he sent me the bio, and I just, I was just smiling ear to ear, and I called Allison, and I said, hey, Allison, uh, this is Kathy Greenberg, and I'd be delighted to work with you um, but I founded that institute back in 2003, and I'm not sure if you really want me back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, we had a good laugh about that, and we have become very good friends since then. And Allison, and she's just an amazing woman with energy. She's a new mother. Uh, she's a community leader, and she is doing some fantastic things in the community, which we're going to talk about on the show, and I can't wait to share with you more. So, Allison, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kathy. I, you know, I'd forgotten that story, and I'm so grateful for the reminder. What a, what an interesting history we've had. I'm so glad to be with you today. <laughs> good, good. Uh, well, thanks, Allison. I'm, I'm really intrigued to kind of get to know you more. And usually, one of the first things that we do ask people right away because it kind of gets into a little bit of who you are. Who've been some of the key people that have influenced you to be the leader that you are today? 
Thanks for thanks for that question. I um I, I actually have three responses to that question, and one is um the, the first is my parents, and the reason that I, I I've actually written a few things about this about how my parents have been so influential. They were you know I grew up in a small town. They were small business owners, um, and uh, one of the pieces that I, I learned a lot about my parents, knowing that they had all influenced me. But I was writing a piece about small businesses and leaders of small businesses, and about a year ago I. Um, started asking my parents questions, never, of course, seeing them as a resource. But I asked them, you know, what were some of the, the lessons? And I realized that this is exactly how I grew up, too, the lessons they learned from running a small business. And so I'd like to say my parents, when they taught me the importance of things like doing the hard things first, if there is a, if you need to go out on a sales call and there are some awkward things, you do those first, and then the other things become very easy after the fact. And then my parents also taught me the importance of civic engagement and being involved just beyond your business. And that, frankly, has been the underlying through line for, through my whole career. Um, so and the Allison, two of them, yes, ma'am. I, I was just going to say, I want to uh, hear more. I know Relly does, too. We're going to go to a quick break. So hold that thought, and we will come right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whatheavyworkingmothersknow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you're truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Allison Young. And Allison, just before uh, the break, you talked about how your parents were uh, key influences in your life as far as leadership, and then who else? Thanks for thanks for that question. The um, the other person that uh, that I've uh, told frequently is a, has always been a professional mentor for me, and I I like to share that with them. I think one of the great things about having a good mentor and influence is that you let them know the impact that they've had on your life. Is a gentleman by the name of David Eisner, and I first met David about ten years ago when I went to work for a federal agency that he was the head of, and we've stayed friends now for close to fifteen years. I worked for David for about five years, and he taught me how to grow a backbone professionally. I think a lot of people who are attached um, passionately to their jobs um, tend to approach their jobs very emotionally. And David was one of those people that mentored me and supported me and told me, um, you know, and helped me basically grow a a backbone and and learn how to be a good leader. Um, And uh, with the funny part about David Eisner is that, you know, after a number of years working for him, he actually worked for me when I went to the White House. His agency reported to me. And then he's the reason that I came to Philadelphia because I came to Philadelphia several years later to then work for him again. So he says he's still winning the war about who works for who. (laughs) That's actually very funny. And I think that we do have mentors in our lives who are like that. And isn't it nice when you can also flip the switch, right? And people learn from each other. And that's what you're doing a lot of. But before we get into what you're you're actually doing right now with your programs. Can you tell us a little bit, bit about all the roles you've had to date? You know, you've been at the White House. Now you were, you know, with the um, uh, the uh, community in many different ways, but um, the Constitution Center, which is mm-hmm. a huge undertaking uh, in the city of Philadelphia, was a, an area where you focused, and now executive education. So tell us a little bit about your experiences and talents and all that good stuff that has evolved for you over the years. 
Well, Kathy, I was one of those uh, kids that by about fourth grade knew exactly what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And for me, that was my goal in life was always to get to D.C. to either work for Congress or the White House. And, you know, I found myself in those positions early. I chose a university based on their Washington, D.C. internship program. And, you know, three days after I finished undergrad, I was in D.C. working for the congressman that represented that area. <laughs> so wow. my uh, my first job was... Um, working on Capitol Hill. And, the, you know, the thing that I learned most about that is for people that are from unfamiliar with the environment is that it's um, very high stress, high pressure, and a lot of people that work there are very young because it doesn't pay well. So, you know, people, you know, go there and pay their dues and then move on to different things. And so that was a really important start for me because, you know, I graduated undergrad and learned right away that um, I had to open mail and answer phones. And it taught me really early on to dig in and do always be willing to do what I would later on ask others to do. So that was a good foundation for me. And I, of course, I loved DC and life in politics. And, you know, that led to other opportunities. And it's because in, in the DC culture, and I think as in a lot of others, it's all about networking. And so um, I, for the next 15 years of my career, um, never applied for a position. Uh, it was always one thing led to another. And, you know, I um, made, I'd like to look back and say smart choices of where I went to work based on who I would have as a mentor. So after that, I worked for a number of years um, in the private sector and then um, to pay for graduate school because you can't work for the government and afford graduate school. <laughs> So, uh, but then I went back to, to government, and that's where I met uh, David Eisner and the Corporation for National Community Service, which is a federal agency. And um, from that agency, I became known as um, someone who has a deep um, knowledge of civic engagement and leadership and um, strategic planning. And that led to a role um, at the White House at a very young age. I was, um, I think, 30 or 31 at the time um, as a special assistant to the president and um, became one of the nation's foremost experts on civic engagement and volunteering and service. So that was really, I think, where I won my, my battle scars and, you know, was, was tested at a very young age. But then it's, you know, to, to get back to your question, it was, this was my goal always in life. So if I'm there in my early 30s, then what? How do I reinvent myself? And so um, my transition to Philadelphia and to the Constitution Center, which is a large museum, and then into higher ed has been what I like to say my encore career, and that's where I am now. So, Allison, that's, that's really fascinating, especially at, at such a young age. And you were, you were saying kind of this idea that you were tested early on. You know, uh, maybe just give us a quick example. Like, what would be, just for folks who are trying to picture what you were actually doing, what would be some of the tests, you know, that you had? Especially, I know how those are, those formative uh, tests and experience. But, you know, just give an example. What would be some of those tests that you had? Sure. Well, I can give you, from my time at the White House, let me give you an internal and external one. Um, I think the internal one is the most telling and rewarding of stories. Um, when you work in an environment like that, um, regardless of politics and which White House I work for, you're working with people who are genuinely the best and the brightest at what they do, and they have given up you know, their, most of their private sector lives, even their time with their family, to come and do something at a very high level um, that matters, um, that matters to them. And so they're very passionate about it. And so I think one of those important tests for me, and I was younger than a lot of my colleagues at that level, for me the test was, how do I persuade? 
how do I become a good listener? How do I become a better collaborator and colleague and therefore leader for my agenda when, frankly, there were several other competing agendas? You know, there's everybody's working for the same goal and for the betterment of the country, but yours might be more urgent than a colleague's and sometimes recognizing that theirs might be more urgent than yours. You know, that kind of... Um, that kind of pressure internally to be surrounded by people who are um, always faster and stronger and, you know, and brighter and, and passionate just like you are is, I think, a, a really good way to um, kind of get baptized by the fire and hone your communication style so you can communicate most effectively and uh, when it matters. And so I think that was an interesting um, point in, in my life for my own professional development and learning about my leadership style and the importance of um, communication. Um, external to that, you know, there are, when, you, when you're working at that level, there are pressures that, um, that uh, in daily life the rest of us take for granted. I did, uh, my agenda was on um, volunteering and service, and it was something that the president cared deeply about, and uh, it was part of his compassion agenda. So when there was a major hurricane or an earthquake somewhere in the globe and we had to um, do uh, the humanitarian response, that kind of pressure that quite literally impacts lives is um, extremely tough to manage, particularly when there's little to no preparation. So, you know, that kind of immediate, urgent time pressure and having faith in yourself and your skills and your experience and your knowledge to have the courage to make decisions in a time like that, those are the things that I take away from that experience and I think have led to my ability to um, talk more about um, my own leadership style and what works in different environments in the space where I am now. Allison, when when you talk about volunteerism and learning how to engage people uh, to be compassionate towards others in times of chaos and to have that courage, that moral courage to step up to the challenge, uh, what is it that you believe? What happens for companies um, when employees are truly engaged and collaborating? And how how do you translate that? You know, it's a good it's a good question, Kathy. I think um, one of the lessons that that I've learned over the years, and one of the things that we teach here at Drexel too, is that leadership is about self awareness. You know, when companies are very good at collaborating and engaging their employees, it's because their leaders know when to lead and when to follow. It's it's about knowing who you are in relation to everyone else in the room. In some rooms, I am you know clearly the leader and will uh, take charge and play that role. In some rooms, it's important for me to play a different role and step back and allow others to lead. And I think that's the mark of a great company when their leaders aren't constantly barking orders or um, trying to get that kind of attention, but are self-aware enough to know what space they're in and that's always evolving on a different basis depending on who's in the room and who you're working with. And so I think a few concepts around listening and self-awareness and emotional intelligence are key to the companies that do this well. So, so a question along that lines, Allison. So um, from the self-awareness, and I know, you know, for Kathy and I, we're in organizations, you know, all the time. Um, what do you folks do around the self-awareness standpoint? Because um, there's a lot of different modes. You know, what have you found, let's say, for the leaders that you've developed or maybe from your, you know, the uh, at Drexel, um, you know, what's the best way that you tell people to develop that self-awareness? 
Well, what's really fun about where I am now and being at a university is that I have um, audiences and opportunities to react to interact with everyone from undergraduate students through our graduate programs through um, executive education and um, you know uh, people that are career changers and you know looking at um, getting educational opportunities further on in life and so um, I, you know, I have an opportunity to to try some of these things out with um, uh, people from a wide age range. And while there's no perfect prescription for here are the ten tools you absolutely need to be the most right. perfect leader in every environment, when we talk about self awareness, really, it's um, we go through a number of exercises with them, um, and we tailor them differently to you know, different age ranges and different audiences, so that um, whatever you come out with at the end, you're discovering things about whether you your, you know, the whether you're the team leader, whether you're the person that is meant to be the resource, or whether you're the person that is meant to be the recorder of information and the synthesizer of information. You know, there. What I think we see most often is that um, people see whether or not they're um, suited, best suited, whether they're best suited for that reaction type of um, pressure that we were talking about or when I was talking about the White House example, or if they're better suited, if their leadership style um, is better suited for taking advantage of um, a week or time in between and then making a decision or synthesizing that information and then making that decision. I think that's a very interesting point of difference for people when they're trying to discover who they are as leaders. And, you know, one of the things that we want to talk about um, is how you develop leaders at your institute, and we're going to do that as soon as we come back from a break. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. 
leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness, and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL, or return on leadership. You can, too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of top performers. We're talking with Allison Young, who serves as the Managing Director of Leadership and Civic Engagement at Drexel's University LeBeau College of Business and the Executive Director of the Institute for Strategic Leadership. And so we were just talking, um, Allison, about uh, this behavioral lab that Kathy uh, was saying was uh, so new. Uh, And tell us a little bit about that. So it sounds really intriguing. So Drexel is a university here in Philadelphia that has um, about um, 30,000 students and 9,000 employees. It's a big place. And um, we're doing a lot of building to accommodate for that growth. And I've been distinctly advantaged to be here at a time where we build a new business school. And um, one of the is a research university, we conduct a lot of research, and one of the things we really wanted in the new building for the business school was a lab to do research, it sounds silly if I say, or it sounds scary if I say research on human subjects, but research, uh, a lab that is around um, things like brain function and leadership styles and market economics and things that it's kind of odd for a business school to have, but it was to have a controlled research environment um, where we can affect things like, you know, the sound and the lights and the 
temperature and, you know, manipulate things like that that will help us learn more about human behavior and leadership is, is, is what we built. So we now have this behavioral lab that's part of the Institute, and we've got some really exciting things happening there. So maybe give us an example, like what would be, if you can, anything that you, that you sure. can share, like, like some of the studies or something that would use this behavioral lab. So last year with, um, uh, with a couple of our PhD students, we ran a really fun simulation. It took um, a number of months where in the, if you can picture this uh, big lab space downstairs and you can picture groups of undergraduate students sitting in teams of five around round tables. And we did a, a simulation that was built by Harvard Business Publications, and it's where it's all about team dynamics. And so you get students are each given a role in the team, they, and their job is to summit Mount Everest. And what's interesting about it and why it's so much fun to watch their reactions, we video recorded this, we audio recorded everything, and what they're all given at each step as they summit the mountain, depending on the role that they were assigned on the team, they're all given information that the group has and information that only they have in their role. But then they're instructed to make a team decision. And so whether or not you actually make it up the mountain or whether the helicopter comes in and rescues you is all based on the decisions that your team makes. And each individual is given information that they can either hoard or share. Really interesting study in um, team dynamics. And that's the kind of thing that we've used the lab for. You know, but we also use it to do some, um, this coming year, we've got some interesting faculty research. So as part of the Institute for Strategic Leadership, uh, we appoint five faculty fellows and that further the research agenda so that we can know more. We can always be knowing more about leadership and leadership styles. And one of the things, I'll just share one of them with you um, that I think is really cool coming up this year. Um, We're doing a lot on neuroscience and how neuroscience is important to understanding leadership qualities. And there is, a lot of people don't consider it, but there is real science behind the study of leadership. And so we're looking at um, how it's kind of the, the, how the neural correlates of the brain um, affect effective conversations, and we're comparing high and low status communication styles. I realize that sounds kind of wordy and very researchy, but frankly, it's, it's really about how we are biologically programmed to either compete or not compete, to either lead or follow, and how do we increase our so-called status in some of these situations. So that kind of thing, I think, is very cool and very innovative, and we can do that because we have this great lab. So say a little more about high and low status, um, just so so our listeners understand that. Well, it's a, the... The, our faculty, their their hypothesis for this study is that, frankly, human conversations are kind of misunderstood, that they're not really about exchanging information, which is how you and I probably have always looked at conversations, but they're more about accumulating social status. Mm-hmm. And when we, and there are several studies that are a precursor to this that have been done on mice, on fish, on songbirds, that talk about that, where we've learned a little bit biologically about how the brain changes in order to communicate differently. And so 
what we're looking at is how you know, when uh, when you walk into an environment, maybe you are you perceive yourself as a leader in that environment. The way you present yourself maybe has an air of arrogance that can actually create a high and low status differential and shut down some of the um, conversation or learnings that you might get from the people that are now feeling like they're low status in that conversation. Right. We're studying the neuroscience behind that and thinking and looking at the actual science, how the brain actually contracts or expands um, based on leadership and how you communicate in conversations. And what was really interesting, uh, really, and for our listeners, is when um, when I started the Institute uh, back in 2003, uh, we were in the basement of one <laughs> of the buildings. <laughs> She's laughing because she knows I was in an office that had no windows, and it was like, you know, six feet by nine feet. And, you know, it was a labor of love. And, you know, to walk back in time and then see, what is it, you know, 12, 11 years later, what had occurred in the time that I had left, I walked into uh, like a 15, 16 story, probably larger than that, uh, glass modern tower and the first thing I walk into when I come through the double doors is this glass lab tank, literally, full of students, very activated, in front of computer monitors, being facilitated. And they're smiling and they're laughing and they're joining and they're contributing and you can see the energy. It was just fascinating to stand there like a fishbowl and watch them. And that's what they were doing. They were doing this this um, interaction on the, you know, the, the mountain climbing and the, the rescue, mm-hmm. and uh, you can see all this activity, and it's just, it's a beautiful interaction, and then to see all the other things that they're doing uh, with their students, they're really truly making a difference, and the other thing that I would just love you to touch upon, Allison, which I, I think is so very important to those who are in foundation work and volunteer work, you know, Philadelphia has long been a center for contributing. Uh, And so many of our companies there do. You have wonderful organizations, you know, the Red Cross and the uh, Travis Mannion Foundation. There's lots of organizations there. And I think it's so important for us to understand that, that, that these kinds of things are really making a difference. So maybe, Allison, you could talk a little bit about what you see coming out of the lab that people take into the business environment because you do a lot of executive ed as well. We do um, do a lot of executive education, and you know the, the the way that I can boil that down most succinctly is that when we bring people in, particularly in executive level, into the lab, or even when we go to companies and work through some of these programs, and I'm sure you both see this in, in your coaching as well, is that when you take people out of their everyday roles, put them in a truly safe, collaborative team environment, all of a sudden these relationships flourish, and you know that collaboration is truly about listening and not just talking. And I think that, you know, those um, interventions are so valuable in, in, in different, whether it's in the classroom or in a company, of getting people out of their day-to-day just for a short period of time and making that investment in learning about the other people and who they are as people, who you are in the community, what is this bigger sense of what you're doing instead of just your day-to-day work silo, really, truly builds better teams and more effective companies. 
so those things are so, are so fascinating, especially if you're trying to bring in the, the neuroscience. A lot, a lot of my mm-hmm. training has been done as a psychologist, mirror and, and everything, whether it's groups or individuals, and then being able to tie the neuroscience, you know, which it to, to, uh, has been invisible for so many years, you know, it's just got to be so fascinating to see, actually see what's, what's going on. Well, it's um, really cool when we learn more about, you know, we, in, our, in our marketing and economics and neuroscience department, when we know more about the design or the things that affect our, our daily lives, right. you learn about why a mall is designed a certain way or why advertising is printed a certain way because of the way your brain reacts to it that then translates into some sort of economic action. Those things are neat. The science side of it is, is really interesting the more you learn about it. Yeah, that stuff sounds so fascinating. So um, tell us a little bit about maybe some of the things that you're doing at Jackson and Lebeau that is really that makes a difference. And I can hear all the things about kind of service and orientation. Like what what are some of the things that as you step back that you maybe share with your colleagues or that you'd say is kind of the, the biggest contributions? Well, you know, personally, I'm doing a lot of work right now on um, generational and demographic trends, and I think this is very instructive and interesting to anyone running a company of any size out there. Mm-hmm. This group of uh, millennials, which I have to say I'm very disappointed to not count myself among, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm getting very old when I talk about things like this, <laughs> but this group of millennials that are pushing into the workforce now um, are changing the way business operates. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, um, from the beginning, they are much more team-oriented. They're more collaborative in nature. They, um, I think a lot of companies and um, hierarchy and companies see them as, as disrespectful, but it's not that at all. It's truly that it's not that they disrespect hierarchy. They're just more willing to question it and question the status quo. And so where I think we're making a big difference is that we are truly creating um, programs, courses, and Drexel's very famous for our co-op program. Our students um, all complete, depending on their course of study, two or three co-ops where they leave campus for a term and go work for um, certain companies and get real-world experience. So, you know, what we do here impacts the working world as well. And the, the difference that it makes with these with this millennial group is that we're really focusing a lot of the way we teach and the way that we interact with companies around looking at how hierarchy is both changing from the top that, you know, very few, I shouldn't say very few, but fewer and fewer companies are operating in this top-down hierarchical CEO, CFO, down, down, down model like they used to and are working in more of these open and collaborative and flexible environments because that's the way the workforce is pushing into them. So we are ripe for this major clash of how things used to be and how things are changing. And I think that's one of what is where Drexel fits right in the middle because we are this mix of study and work all at the same time. It's, it's one of the places where we uniquely fit. And I think it's all, I think it's fascinating. The demographics and the generational differences are really changing the way that we work. Just hold that thought, Allison, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. Most 
leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practice of Top Performers. We're having an engaging conversation with Allison Young, uh, Managing Director of Leadership and Civic Engagement at Drexel's LeBeau College. So, uh, Allison, one of the things we wanted to ask you is, why do you think leadership and civic engagement are so closely linked in, in today's world? And you do a lot of work on the generational demographics trends we talked a little bit about, but why is this so important in today's world? Really, I appreciate the question. Thank you. I think it's really, everything is very connected. You know, when we, we started, we talked a little bit about the demographic trends with the, with the millennials. They're much more service oriented than the, um, than the, the previous generation as well. So, you know, they're uh, much more apt to volunteer and spend their time engaging in um, community issues. This is how, um, particularly when we look at our undergrads, this is how they're exhibiting leadership. It's, um, what's interesting to see is that they're not always stepping into 
leadership roles that we may have prescribed in the past. You know, here's an organization, come and be a part of this. They're actually much more apt to, and, and work your way up in that environment, they're much more apt to create their own or go meet with a community partner and solve a need outside that way. It's all about this, this demographic change um, or this generational change where they're just more collaborative and open in their approach to everything. And so the reason that um, leadership and civic engagement, I think, are so closely linked is, number one, because I think the, the, the coming generation um, is pushing it that way, but also because I think that um, when organizations exist in a silo and don't embrace the community around them, they actually do one another harm. So I think more and more organizations, Drexel University is one of them, um, have embraced being becoming a larger part of their community. And for us, that means not just donating money or goods, but actually having our people know and participate and live in the community and um, do any number of activities that support either the local schools or some of the local nonprofits or even some community engagement initiatives. They're, everything is becoming so closely linked that I think all of this is happening with or without us. So there's a sense of urgency to it. And so I think it's why it just becomes so important. I also think, uh, Allison, one of the key takeaways uh, that you're working on, um, working in Philadelphia, you know, the birthplace of our nation's democracy, as we know it, and really, truly building collaborative teams and collaborative workspaces, because you're in an inner city environment that's surrounded by corporate America, but also by a very complex set of neighborhoods, some which are very stressed out economically and uh, educationally. And Drexel is really extending a hand in multiple ways as a hub, if you will, uh, to connect all these different uh, types of individuals. And one of the things that I know that you're working on is a book on the importance of being a community leader and a civic leader. And I think you also have an opinion about that as a mother and a woman. And I was just wondering if you could share that a little bit because volunteerism really does start at home and it really does start in many instances uh, with, with families and children. And it's so important. Kathy, you're you're so right. I'm I'm very appreciative of that question because that really is you know the story of of my journey and uh, professionally and and personally. Um, I am a, a new mother. I have a 13 month old daughter now, and you know, and uh, an incredibly supportive husband who understands you know how all of these things link together, and he follows a very similar path, involved very civically, um, and engaged in the community. And I think as a working mom, and I've shared this with Kathy previously, my perspective in the last year has changed a lot as I look at this concept of work-life balance. And um, the epiphany that I've had and what's led to the book is that for me personally, um, it's not a, a work-life balance. Um, and I'm, I'm, my visual as I'm looking at it is the work-life balance to me is a bicycle. And for me, I've always been more stable on more of a tricycle. And that's where I think I've found my balance. The, the, third, the third wheel of my tricycle is community engagement. So it's work, life, and community for me. And that's really what's led to the idea of the book is um, there's, again, there's no, like, there's no prescription for leadership. There's no prescription for work-life balance. And so um, where I have um, been emotionally and intellectually fed has been um, for several years in my work. And then uh, when I became a wife and a mother, I realized that more of that was becoming part of um, 
what I was doing outside of work as well. And, you know, the organizations where I serve on the board or where I volunteer my time or um, even my the church, which I became a member of this year, I've, all of these organizations where I found that I can um, use the, the experience and the, the treasure of knowledge that, that I've developed over these years, that's really what's given me balance. So, you know, I have this great husband and, and family where I've, you know, I've got this great part of my life. I've got um, a work environment where you can, where we're doing these, you know, really exciting things that I can dive deep into. And then for me, that third leg that's helping me balance is that civic side where all of that is coming together, creating my, my little tricycle of balance. So truly that's, that was the epiphany I had this year that, that led to the book. So thank you for asking about that. And I just and want to make sure. What, um, is the book going to be talking about each of the three legs or? The book's going to be talking about each of those legs and my leadership um, experience, my leadership journey that um, got me to that point, and then um, a little bit of um, advice for people that are, um, uh, particularly women, I think, that are in the same position, how to balance those three things, because I think we all have um, duties beyond our work and our life, and maybe we don't, just by not recognizing them, we don't give them the, the time and attention that they're due. So I'm hoping this gives everybody... Um, that reads it a bit of an aha moment to say, wow, I'm spending a lot of time doing those things. Let's actually count that as one of the things that's very important in my life and one of the buckets that helps me be who I am. So I think just that knowledge and recognition of the time spent outside of just your work and your personal life, and especially on the civic side, will um, help people find what their true passion is and realize more about themselves, which in the end leads to what we started talking about in the beginning, which is self-awareness. And that yeah. gives you, I think, um, your personal leadership style and helps everybody become a better leader. And one well, of the one things of the that's things. very exciting, really, as we come to close on the show is uh, Allison is going to be using um, some kind of an emotional intelligence uh, awareness uh, development tool in her programs so that people can see where they best fit into their community given right. their own awareness and yeah. their purpose. But for those of you who are interested in more, go to lebow, L-E-B-O-W dot Drexel, D-R-E-X-E-L dot E-D-U. And for specific information on Allison's programs at the Institute, go to lebow dot Drexel dot E-D-U backslash I-S-L, Institute for Strategic Leadership, I-S-L. And Allison, thank you so much. And Relly, thank you so much again for always helping us create a great show. You've all been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with myself, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and Dr. Relly Nadler. Thanks for tuning in to Tune Up Your Leadership. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.